welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I'm joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. This podcast is born out of our friendship and all that the Lord is doing in our lives. You hear us laugh, you hear us cry, you hear us share very vulnerably, and you hear us talk about the things that we're still learning along the way, and you're most welcome to join us. You can find out all of our information on our podcast episodes on abidingtogetherpodcast.com. But for now, grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast, and we are on part three of our wonderful, wonderful Lenten journey, the book This Present Paradise by Claire Dwyer. Um, So you're welcome to hop along and join with us. If you haven't read the first two parts or you haven't heard the first two parts, that's okay. Just join in, and I think you're really going to like this. So this book has been such a wonderful resource to so much beauty and so much grace, and so we're excited uh, just to continue this journey with you. So um, Heather and Michelle, my dear friends, uh, Heather, you got up once again really early this morning. So I just want to say thank you, girl. I just want to give you a Lenten shout out to all you're sacrificing right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's my pleasure. If I get to see your faces waking up early, that's a, that's just a joy. But I was mid dream when my alarm went off. So I woke up and I was like kind of shaky and like, <laughs> what is going on? It took me a few minutes, but here I am and happy to see you both. <laughs> mm-hmm, Feels mm-hmm. like it's been a while actually. Yeah. How are you, Michelle? I am good. I am actually down in South Florida recording in a hotel. Oh, yes, yeah, she is in her mint green tank top. Yeah, flaunting your tank top. I am. I'm in South Florida, y'all, and it's the end of February, and it is 80 degrees down here. I'm here for a soccer tournament. It feels weird to be here for a soccer tournament because we're all in masks in the 80 degrees and the heat, but um, it's good. It is really good, but I'm getting a lot of vitamin D. Uh, so that is lovely. And I actually got to see sister this week. Yes. And so when yeah. I was driving through, so it was short and sweet, but we look like two long lost lovers. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my gosh, honey, come here, honey. Oh like, everybody around us was like, how long has it been? And I was like, okay, only probably like two months, but it feels like. It feels COVID, like eternity. Yeah. Like does. COVID years are like dog years. One month is like seven, you know, so it is just good. But oh, yeah. I'm so glad you guys got to see each other. Those moments are so special. I'm so mm. glad that happened. It was. It was a gift. Well, I think, and also because we were supposed to spend a few more days together, but snowpocalypse happened in the state of Texas, which changed everything. And so that was part of it. So the fact that we got to see you even for like a couple hours, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, that's such a gift. I know. Well, we were laughing because we had told each other like, okay, we'll talk about this when we're together and Mm -hmm. we'll say, well, you know, let's save this, Mm -hmm. let's save this, let's save this. And then it didn't happen, but Mm -hmm. God redeems all. And like, we're going to talk about it today. God redeems the years or the weeks. The locusts have stolen. And so. Yes, 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 indeed. So let's just jump in, shall we? Mm-hmm. So we're going to start with, we're just going to go through some of the chapters and just talk about some of the things that really were particularly poignant to each one of us and kind of what the Lord is saying in that. And so the really the quote we want to use for this time is, you know, is for when Elizabeth, St. Elizabeth says, God in me and I in him. And I've just been thinking so much about, I know our listeners have as well, about the inner cloister, right? Where these places where we go and where he says, I offer you the cell of my heart to be your little Bethany, come and live here. I love you so much. And so chapter 13 is about shiny things. And, and you know, kind of the chapter 14 is about works of mercy, but all the places that it's easy for us to lose our focus and to focus on, you know, really literally the things that are shiny and that we get distracted. We miss the things that matter the most. And so maybe Heather, what are some of the things in this chapter or the next one as well about mercy that really stuck out to you? I just... 
I actually am like really just to go back just one step about the book as a whole. Mm-hmm. This is surprising, this book, you know, because these chapters are so short. So mm-hmm. like every time I sit down, I'm like, oh, this is so short. I'll just whip through. And then there's these just like gems and like little gold nuggets all sprinkled all throughout, which I'm really, really enjoying. And mm-hmm. um, she seems to just be touching on so many areas that are applicable for everyone, no matter what your stage or state of life is. And like when you sit down to read a book like this, we can assume, oh, okay, this is about a cloistered nun. Like, how is this going to apply to me? But I'm finding all of these areas so applicable. And this one about shiny things, like the the part that stuck out to me is like, if we're not called to the cloister, then we're called to practice recollection in the middle of a noisy and scattered life and to pray that we perfect it. And I was thinking, you know, for me personally, this is something that I've been trying to cultivate all throughout my day is like, we've talked about it a lot of times, being in the gaze of Christ. And there's many times now that I'm, I find if I'm overwhelmed or there's a lot going on, not just like physical noise around me, but just even in like noise in my mind and all of that, like I just close my eyes and I'm like, where, where are your eyes, Jesus? Like, where is your gaze? Like, I just want to come into your presence. And when I find it, you know, there's this peace that always accompanies putting myself into his presence. And I've just been finding that so incredibly fruitful. And so to read here, you know, how she's describing it as well was just like, yeah, really, really beautiful. It says, um, that we just want to stay with him always. And, and I think that that's something important to remember that Jesus is with us always. And there's so much of life that we try to do alone. And, um, and it just called to mind like that beautiful part in the catechism, which I just, it's one of my favorites. It's uh, I think it's like number two, six, six, six. And it says that the name of Jesus is the only name that contains the presence that it signifies. Mm -hmm. And so even in our daily life, in the middle of the noise, like Michelle, you're at a soccer game. Like when we just say the name of Jesus, that, that his presence is actually there mysteriously in a very powerful way. So yeah, it just sort of like removed the difficulty of it all. Cause sometimes we feel like God is so, so far away. And like this chapter was just reminding me that no, 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 he's so, so, so close. Like he's incredibly close. Mm-hmm. We just need to like shift our perspective, shift our eyes to him, close our eyes, like get into that cloister area uh, within to meet him. So that's what was standing out to me. Mm-hmm. How about you, Michelle? Yeah, for me, it was. It's just been that inner cloister and realizing how much external noise there is in my life and that I actually have a say in how much external noise I allow into my life. Mm -hmm. You know, in the season that the Lord has me in, He has me in kind of like a resting season and a staying still season, which is so foreign to me. Like I realize I don't rest well and I don't play well. And so like really learning how to do that, because I really feel like rest, isn't that nice? Like, isn't it nice that people get to do that, you know, <laughs> but really love the Lord. Actually, it's actually a commandment, Michelle. Like, so you have to actually, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> this isn't just a suggestion. It is a commandment, but to realize like, okay, who, where is his voice the loudest in my life? you know, and what other voices do I need to turn down? And I realized mm-hmm. for me, like I'm taking a break from 
majority of social media, I've like really put some parameters on it because I'm not one of these one that thinks all social media is bad. I don't. I think it can serve a purpose like anything else and it's how you steward it. But for me right now, I have silenced that a lot and I just realized how much time it took out of my life. Or mm-hmm. even if I was on for 10 minutes, how my thoughts still thought about the things that I saw mm-hmm. in those 10 minutes. So it may have been, I was only on social media for 10 minutes, but then I'm like thinking about them and stewing about them or, you know, whatever we saw. And I was like, okay, is this the best time? Like what brings peace to my soul and where do I need to focus um, so I can hear the Lord mm-hmm. because I'm a shiny things girl. Like if you have something shiny, I will go after it. Like, oh, pretty. Let's go that way. You know, I am prone to wander. Yeah. Just really thinking about where do I need to quiet myself and where do I need to turn down the other voices? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so great. But what both of you are saying, I, it's, it's so paramount to each one of us, no matter what our state of life is, because all of us have things that call us out of the cloister in a sense, right. Of that come out, come out and attend to this. And it's not, and it's not the things that, you know, we need to attend to. It's, it's just things that are often superfluous or things that are distracting from the real purpose. And I, I, Father Mark Toops, you know, we love Father Mark Toops and he often talks about like the rest Mm -hmm. of the chair, like for example, for yourself in the chair of abiding in the Lord, of listening to his heart, of, of loving people through that place versus, and he, he always says that, like, what are the things that pull you out of the chair? What are the things that you're like, no, Mm -hmm. I have to do this on my own. I have to attend to this, or I have to have this, or I'm not going to be happy without this. And I, was just thinking, I love this quote uh, on page 67, where she's actually quoting, Claire's actually quoting St. Edith Stein. And Edith Stein says, and when, when, when no outer rest is attainable, when there is no place in which to retreat, if pressing duties prohibit a quiet hour, then at least she must, our soul, for a moment must seal herself inwardly against all other things and take refuge in the Lord. He is indeed there and can give us in a single moment what we need. And then Claire says, we'll realize that what is outside of us can have no hold on us when we are firmly present to God within. And I was just uh, mm-hmm. praying about that when I was up early this morning and I was walking to mass and I was just thinking of, so often I want to, I want to fix things. I want to fix myself. Or I want to fix something else. And I, that is not my job. <laughs> my job is not even to fix myself. The only option I have, the only option I have is to go into the, into the wine cellar, into the cloister with Jesus and ask him to to heal and to bring into communion. Like my my busyness, my busybodiness is I think one, you know, St. Paul says, you know, we're acting like busy bodies. We're not busy, we're acting like busy bodies. That's not gonna help anybody. It's that the true union of bride and groom within our soul that provides the grace for, to give us the wisdom to know what we ought to do or not. And I think that's just uh, amen, you know, amen. Can't we all, mm-hmm. you know, reflect on that a bit more deeply? Mm-hmm. And it's very apropos that the works of mercy and stuff that mm-hmm. that chapter follows this experience of like, no, we need to be constantly connecting with Jesus and pulling away from the distractions because it's then that we're able to see, you know, those around us and maybe where we need to extend like God's mercy to other people and kindness. And like, how can we see that if we're distracted by all of these other things? Oh, so true. And this is really what we're made for. I mean, to be Jesus's hands and feet here and I love how she says, Elizabeth entered each house as a reflection of Christ himself. Mm. And it was Christ within her who ministered to his people in their spiritual and material hunger, weaving into a single motion of love, both the spiritual and corporal works of mercy. We can do a lot of things, but when it's animated really by our union with Jesus, then it's totally different. I think the impact is totally different. And it's not that like I'm striving and I'm doing. It's like I'm I'm offering. 
Mm. I'm extending, like I'm allowing Jesus to love Mm -hmm. those around me from within, like extending from within me, Mm -hmm. which is totally different. Mm -hmm. Mm. And I think when it comes where we are presence driven or come from a place of rest or presence driven, it has, it does like what you say, Heather, there's a grace to it. There's mm-hmm. a responsive grace to it. So it doesn't, like it still could be challenging, but you can almost feel the grace and allowing, you know, the Holy Spirit to come in in these situations. I think one of the things I'm really trying to learn now, one, I think this Lent has shown me in a way that the extent of my poverty in ways I have never seen before. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, this is ugly. Wow. And to come to terms with your humanity and you're like, I just don't like my humanity. Like really, this is just ouch. But I've also learned learning, especially like in the works of mercy with my own family, Mm. what really how to learn how to start to rock the holy pause is what I'm going to say. Like, okay, I need a pause here. I need to invite God into this moment because this is how I want to respond. Well, actually this is how I want to react, but I need to learn how to respond with grace with the power of the Holy Spirit, because I can't do this in my own power, Mm -hmm. you know, and I need to invite him into the situation. And just realizing that, you know, when it is rooted and centered in his presence, the power of the Holy Spirit, there's a grace there. And that is what transforms life. It is not in our own power. And I think one of the scriptures that I keep on saying to myself, I must decrease, he must increase, I must decrease, (laughs) he must increase, like over and over again, because I was like, Lord, I just want all of you. Like, if I really say that, I am a temple of the Holy Spirit and that he abides is in, in me. The Holy Spirit is in us. Then I was like, okay, I was praying with this the other day. He's like a genie in the bottle. I need to let him out. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I have, you know, contained him within me. I'm like, you need to get out and come with your presence and come with your power and come with your fruitfulness and transform me so I can therefore transform the world around me with your power. Mm-hmm. And I do think that there also is a place where we can extend that even to ourselves, Michelle. Like as you were saying, like, I hate my humanity sometimes. And I think we've all had that experience. And a place that the Lord has been leading me in the last couple of years is to really have compassion on those parts of myself. Like, and I know you're not saying that, but like, I, I, there's a place there of like, where you... You know that, oh, happy fault that one oh, throws a great yeah. savior, you know, mm-hmm. but there's something very personal about that too. Like they're, you know, that line, it's like talking about Adam and Eve and all of that. But like, there are places within me that I'm like, I'm so little here, yeah. but if I didn't have this, Lord, I wouldn't need you. I wouldn't know yeah. my deep need for you. And so there's a place of like, to have like God's merciful love even touch those parts of us and to l- allow it to be extended to our, to the little parts of ourselves because those are usually the places that draw us into intimacy, oh, even gosh. though they're so incredibly painful and we want to push them away. Mm-hmm. My spiritual director said, he said, well, you know you will get close when you see these parts of your humanity and you want to kiss the wound instead of avoid mm-hmm. the wound. Mm-hmm. You know, And he said, that's kiss so it, true. befriend it. And then you said, you kissed the wound, and that's the way the Lord transforms the mm. wound. And mm. you realize, oh, wow, I do need a Savior. Because I think oftentimes we forget that we do, like, we really walk around like we don't need a Savior, but actually mm-hmm. we do. And mm-hmm. it's a it's a blessing, mm-hmm. but it's just hard. Okay. Well, this is just so rich and so deep, and that is true, because Jesus kisses our wounds. That's what he does, and... And like you both are saying, we avoid them and we wish they were different and we wish they would go away. But Jesus, he doesn't. And I think that's the stunning reality about being loved is 
in our deepest relationships, it's not that it's always going to go well. We're never going to have any problems. Really authentic love gives the covenant. It gives the heart for all of it to come out. And that continual pursuit of Christ, one of my dear friends who I I love her so much and she's so holy and she just always just blows my heart apart. And, and she was just telling me recently, and I know she meant it. And I, it was so convicting to me. And she said, sister Miriam, she said, I have come in my journey to love my wounds. (laughs) She said, I love them because if I did not have these wounds, I would have never known the love of St. Joseph. I would have never known compassion. And she mm-hmm. said, it's taken a long time. And she's like, yes, do I still wrestle at times? But she said, I, I can honestly tell you that I love them. And it was such a tender, tender place in her heart. And I think even listening to that, doesn't that all often just like hit us against the d- deepest places where we do not, where we exile ourselves or where we exile other people because we don't like what's in them because we don't like what's within us. And just the, di- like we're talking about how Christ relates to us. It's so outside of our paradigm of perfectionism. And it's just, he's so lovely. <laughs> just, I was so struck this week hitting some more of my own wounds. And I'm like, I, Jesus, you are so lovely. Like, you're so lovely. You're so lovely. And that that is the God we serve. That's the God who loves us, who kisses, who gently kisses our wounds and brings them into communion with his own for healing and restoration. I just, oh, it's stunning. So stunning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I think leads perfectly in the part where, one, I loved in this book, like the communion of saints, the relationship, mm-hmm. the sisterhood, like they say of St. Therese and Elizabeth of Trinity. But like you were saying, sister, when you hear that friend's story, of how the Lord has worked in her life. It spurs us on too, you know, Mm -hmm. and that is the beautiful, the communion of saints on this side of earth, you know, and in heaven and both of it to realize it. And then to go into the chapter with the years of locusts have stolen, Oh gosh, yeah, you know, and just the Lord is like, I will redeem all. I will redeem all. And it was funny. I was watching my next door neighbor who is little, he's about to turn three this week. And I was thinking about the whole idea of wounds and just being childlike. And so he got hurt. And the first thing he wants to do, he wants to show him, look at my boo-boo. Will you kiss it? Like, And I was like, that's how I need to be almost, oh, Lord. Like, look yeah. at it. Like, look at it. You kiss. There's no shame in it. There's no, mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to cover this up. There's like, look at this. And will you please make it better? And I was just thinking to myself, oh, Lord, let me have the child of the heart. You know? I mean, the heart of a child. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, let me have the heart of a child and come to you. And let mm-hmm. me trust that you will restore everything. Mm-hmm. And the the promise of the gospel is he will restore all things. And I just go back to that image when I was thinking about the years the locust is stolen. I always go back to the image of Narnia when everything is ice. And then everything starts to thaw and the ice comes. And I was like, oh, that's how I want to see your kingdom. I want to be there like Lucy and them to watch everything thaw. Everything that's been iced or frozen or, you know, captured that you will bring back, Lord, that you will bring back and bring it into a new springtime. And to trust him and believe him that he will do all these things. Yes. Yeah, I think a lot of us have, you know, even this last year experienced a lot of loss. Like it feels like this last year, a lot has been stolen from a lot of people. And, you know, I think about the new moms who have these babies that Mm. most, you know, they couldn't just introduce to all of their closest friends, you know, for the the teenagers who were graduating and they didn't get a graduation or college Mm -hmm. graduates that didn't get that and married couples who didn't get honeymoons and or weddings even or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's uh, funerals, like there's all of these things and, and in so many other little ways, maybe trips that were planned that didn't come to fruition or 
hopes and dreams for big birthday parties and other stuff like that. But yeah, even just connection with people, there's so much that has been lost and taken this year. And I was just reflecting on that and like, Lord, what do you want to do with this year? This is no surprise to you. Like this didn't catch you off guard, Lord, you knew all of these things. And, and I, I want to open my heart to how God wants to restore the things that I've lost this year. And and I think that's just an encouragement to to everyone is like we can hold on to the resentment or even mm-hmm. just the pain of like what was lost because those things are really real. Or we can open the door and just say, Lord, I want to entrust this to you, this dream, whatever this was, this desire that was on my heart. And can you make this new? Can you make this new, just like you make all things new and wait for God to answer that? You know, like I think sometimes we have this idea that we have to wait until heaven for everything. And yes, there are some things that we need to wait till heaven for. And I cannot wait to have no more tears and no more sadness and no more shame and all of that stuff. But I do believe and I have seen and I continue to press into like, I trust that God wants to restore and renew some things now and here. And he wants us to see it and he wants us to pray for Mm -hmm. it and, Mm -hmm. and uh, champion it in one another's lives, you know, to be people of hope for one another, but also to let that hope like seep into our own hearts and these, these painful losses that we've experienced. Mm -hmm. And we're using this year, but obviously there's many much bigger things that have happened in all of our lives that we desire and need and can have hope that restoration can come there. I was thinking, Heather, as you were sharing that, I was yeah thinking of this year and just thinking of the different places in our life and and just how often the enemy plants that lie in our story that if if life would be different, mm-hmm. my life would be better. You know, if I didn't have this story, if I didn't have this loss, or that Lord is not going to replace this, or somehow life is out of control, God is not sovereign. And and I think being a, like you said, being very attentive to those places in our hearts, like Hannah, to lament those things and to be very honest before the Lord before them. And then allow Jesus to, who knows us, like like Claire's going to say in her next chapter, who knows us by name, who cares for us. And the Lord will not allow anything to be stolen in a sense from us. He won't allow the enemy to come without a greater plan for restoration. I know uh, one of my friends was, I was uh, helping out with a priest retreat this week, and, and one of the, the presenters of the retreat was just really so beautifully exhorting the priest uh, to the call of their priesthood. And he said, you know, God would not ask you to give up so much if he didn't have something better for you. Like he just doesn't do that. God's not cruel. And in our life, you know, the Lord wouldn't, in a sense, allow these things to happen if he didn't, like St. Augustine says, have a plan to being something greater out of it. And in a way, thank God, probably different than we thought, but so much more beautiful, just so much more beautiful. And like you're saying is that that Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here. It's among us. Christ's love, his, his restoration, his life, his healing power, his, where he gives us the grace to redemptively suffer and to allow those things to be brought into the resurrection, that happens now. That's our, I mean, mm-hmm. other than that, like, I don't know what we're doing, you know? <laughs> what are we doing? Mm-hmm. It is. And I don't know what we're doing. And it is a journey and it is a process like we were all talking. And we want to see this redemption on both. It's a both and. We want to see it in heaven and on this side of heaven, like Heather was saying. And I've just really been praying this last two weeks. It's just been a doozy of a Lent. I was like, okay, Lord, you're ready. Here we go. Lent is upon us. And I've really been praying with the whole idea of delight and desire. And one of the scriptures that I've been praying on a lot of scripture, but one of them is like Psalm 18, 19. And as he brought me out into a spacious place, he rescued me because he delighted in me. 
And I just am like, oh my gosh, he rescued me because he delighted me and brought me in the space, you know, the spacious place. But I've also been thinking about like, Heather, what you were saying, like when I was looking at my humanness and when I was looking at my woundness, instead of going straight to shame or avoid or whatever, which is usually my thing, like, oh, if it's painful, we don't do pain. We are, we, we can't. You know, we avoid conflict and pain. Well, that hasn't really worked for a lot of years. And so really my whole entire life. So like we need to try a different approach. So the Lord's like, okay, Michelle, what does tender compassion and holy curiosity look like? Like, so holy curiosity, why, Lord? You allow this to happen. Why? I mean, we... He's the God that loves to be in a relationship. He's the God that can handle our questions and handle our wrestling. So ask him why. Where does the redemption look like? What does the redemption look like? Mm -hmm. Start to show me a glimpse of what redemption looks like on this side of heaven. And tender compassion, you know, with ourselves and our brokenness and say like, okay, Lord, okay, I'm just going to, you know, you delight in me even when I... I feel like I don't perform. And that's where we have to go back. He doesn't want us to perform. Mm. He wants us to trust. He wants us to receive. He wants us to love. He wants us to just jump into his arms, messy and all. And it it is really like, you know, St. Elizabeth of Trinity and St. Therese to become like a child, you know, and trust him. Jump into that relationship of just delight and desire. Mm -hmm. And I think the curious question about all these things that we feel is how, Lord? Oh, yep. How, yeah. how will you do it? You know, we hear that in Mary as well. Lord, I, how, how, how can this be? Like, how, how are you going to do it? Like, and I think there's like the, as we wait a joyful hope sort of feeling about that is like, Lord, how are you going to do it? Because I want to trust that you will, because this is who you are. This is what you're all about. You're all about restoration and redemption. This has been it from the very beginning is that you have been a rescuer. Uh, that's who you are. Like, how are you going to rescue all of these situations and restore and redeem them even before our eyes? And to trust and have that for other people as well, to be mm-hmm. like people of hope in other stories, like especially those who are trusted to us, to be a voice of hope there, which is very hard to do if we haven't yeah. allowed that hope to seep into our own hearts and our own stories as well. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And I think all of this really trickles down into like the deepest places of our personal relationship with God and how in chapter 19, Claire talks about what is your motto. And for, for St. Elizabeth, the Trinity, it's God in me and I in him. And to allow Mm -hmm. all of this to trickle down the holy curiosity, the how Lord, the, the mercy, the, you know, the, the cloister within, like, what is that saying about our particular way that the Lord relates to us and that we relate to the Lord? Because each one of us loves the Lord in a way nobody else can. And the Lord has a relationship with each one of us that he doesn't have with anybody else. It's so stunningly lovely and so personal and intimate and and unique. And so I think for each one of us, maybe asking the Lord, like what, you know, in a sense, like, what is my motto? But, you know, what is, what's a reflection? What would be a short summary of the reflection of, of the way that God loves me and I love him? And that's really what you're seeing in St. Elizabeth is like a God in me and I in him. And that's her whole journey. And I think like any other, you know, a charism of religious community or a motto of a business, like that's what they always go back to. And you see that in communities or businesses that get away from their original vision, that's when life begins to have some real problems. And so I think for us, like to spend some time with the Lord this week, just asking the Lord to inspire us and maybe a short phrase that you can write down in our journal or on our, you know, take a sharp or a, you know, whiteboard pen and write it on your mirror in your bathroom of like, what would you say would be in a, your motto? Well, what would you say would be a expressed summary of intimacy with God or, you know, how he sees mm-hmm. us and how we see him. And I, th- I think that's really great because that's, that's something like anything else in life that we can go back to over and over again and say, okay, okay, here's what I'm about. 
<laughs> here's what I'm about, you know. That's such a good idea. Mm, I agree. I agree. And when we take the time and ask those questions with holy curiosity and take the times and say, even ask, Lord, how do you delight in me? That in this just most unique way, like you made me and created me. So how do you delight in me? And how do I show that delight to the world? Mm -hmm. And that is going to be the motto that we live out. You know, I know I'm very convicted mm -hmm. to when mm -hmm. I we were reading that chapter, I was like, what's my motto? Yeah. I don't know what my motto is, you know? And so and just really pray. It's fun. It's a fun thing to think about. It yeah, is. It totally fun. is. And so I was like, okay. And approach it. Approach it like the Lord delights and desires in you. So he wants to reveal that to you. I forget how fun God God is like I really do. I forget that He is a God of fun, and He is a God of curiosity, mm -hmm. and that He is a God that, of wonder and awe, and He wants us to take Him up on that. Also, just praying as we go deeper into this Lent that we can see the ways that He is redeeming and He is restoring, mm -hmm. and the ways that He is inviting us into deeper relationship to know His heart better, and that He really does bring us each and every one of us into a spacious place so we can experience his rescue and his delight. Well, amen, girl. Amen. On that note. Yeah. Yeah. So as we kind of wrap up our third part here, Heather, Kim, would you like to share with our listeners your one thing for this week of Lent? Yeah. Uh, before I say the real one, I just want to say it's been so fun to see in our like private Facebook group and just messages that we're getting of like people who are journeying with one another in groups oh. through this Lent um, and through this book. So I just want to give a shout out to all of you who are meeting in groups together to talk about this book and dive deeper so into great. conversation with one another as you journey alongside one another. I just love that. We also posted a video for those of you who are unfamiliar with the podcast and how things work, but of how you can start a group and the group discussion questions and things uh, like that. So you can check that out on our social media. So my one thing is this instrumental worship album that I've been listening to. So I've been trying to do a lot of writing and I find like, I just don't want to hear words like when, I, when I'm trying to write and focus. And so it's called Soaking in His Presence. And there's a few mm. different albums by William Augusto. And it has been so fruitful for me. Like, I love it. And I'm like, this is also retreat music. If you need background music on your retreats for just reflection and stuff mm. like that. So I'll put it in the show notes and you guys can check it out. It'll be in our one thing list eventually as well. But soaking in his presence, instrumental worship is my one thing. Oh. Michelle, what's yours? My one thing is actually, she was sponsored the podcast last week, but Anna from Court of Candles. Mm. We did a collaboration with her for these candles called Cloistered oh, Hearts. So and yeah. some of the proceeds go to Salt Sisters Religious Order. And But I just love her whole artistry working with mm. Anna, like how she researched everything, even to the scents and all of that. And she has our beautiful candle um, in her cloister, but there's one also called Song of Songs. Oh, <laughs> nice. That is just beautiful. And so I just love all of that about it. And she's just such a joy to work with. And she's just such an artisan. So I just want to even salute her as a person because she's just so, so lovely. And we thank you for all that she is doing. So, sister, what is your one thing? Those are such a gift. Uh, my one thing is a Lenten thing. And I think it's still, you can still get it in time to complete your Lenten journey, but it's a little book that actually Michelle sent me. And it's called The Way of the Cross with the Carmelite Saints. 
And it says compiled and illustrated by Sister Joseph Marie. And it's a very short compilation of the way of the cross from John of the Cross, St. Teresa of Avila, St. Teresa, uh, Edith Stein, and Elizabeth of the Trinity. And I just can't tell you how much I love this of not just on Fridays, but bringing it into my daily prayer and just sitting with it. And, you know, Lent is a special time where we're invited, especially into the passion of Christ. So I, I would just highly recommend this. Sometimes people find Stations of the Cross overwhelming or they don't really know what to do, or there's all these different, there's so many different versions of it. But I think you might like, especially as we're journeying with Elizabeth of the Trinity, you might find that it's a special gift to you as well that uh, you would like that. So the way of the cross with the Carmelite saints, I would highly recommend it. So that is amazing. And we will put all the links and on our website, we have additional resources for more Elizabeth of the Trinity books. If you want to go deeper into her and for the way of the cross, we will put the links, but if you can, you can get it off at Amazon, but if we, also if you can support oh, um, the Carmelite studies publications, I will put the link to there because it really helps the, the Carmelite order also. And a couple of you have asked about the Carmelite examine, and that is also on our website and it comes from the uh, Carmelite sisters out in Los Angeles. And we just really encourage, I've said this before, but we really encourage, if you do use the exam or anything, please tithe back to these religious orders. Like, I really feel like they are bringing revival and renewal to our church, which it desperately needs. But I think, where are we sowing our seeds of, you know, renewal? Mm -hmm. And I think the religious orders are a beautiful way to do it. So in this Lent, where we are almsgiving and fasting and praying, please consider all the different religious orders. That's a good one. That's my end. <laughs> oh, thank you, Michelle. Yeah, it's very true. It's very true. We're so always so grateful for, you know, people. Yeah, we're just so grateful. So thank you for that. And in any way our listeners feel inspired to support different religious communities is always a welcome, welcome gift. So, well, dear friends, what is your, what is your motto? What's a summary of how you love Jesus and how he loves you and that he knows you by name? that he is coming to restore anything the enemy has stolen and that you are always before him. You always exist in his heart. And so maybe this week uh, you can find a new place in his. So thank you for joining us. And until next week, we will be abiding together. God bless y'all. Have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com where you can find all the show notes, links to our one thing, transcripts, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of its content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Abiding Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content to you. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through a website called Patreon, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member, and you will receive monthly individual videos from Michelle, Heather, and I, as well as other exclusive content, recipes, playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information about Patreon at patreon.com forward slash abiding together. Thank you and God bless you.